0: Hello everybody. Um <laughs> Hi. Welcome to another episode. This is Barbara, your host, and I'm delighted to be here with you today. I don't sound delightful though. I'm in the midst of a COVID hungover. Um and it's not really fun. When my voice is like this, it really cringes me out hearing it back because it kinda reminds me of my voice a few years ago, when I was growing up, when I was, like, a little bit, I don't know, when I was just, like, more shy, and, like, a little bit more more scared to, like, say what I thought, so I would kind of, like, when saying something honest, I would kind of high-pitch my voice a little bit to, like, mellow down the, the, um, the statement, or whatever I was saying, It was a very cringe time of my life in general. The other day I was hearing some voice messages, like some voice, well, voice recordings, actually, that I had from, like, a few years ago, I don't know, like, three, four years ago. And holy fucking shit, I was, (laughs) I was grinning so bad, just, like, so, so bad. And I was like, thank God that I didn't, like... When I was growing up, I always wanted to like be a young star. Like I remember, like I grew up watching like Disney Channel and all of that. And like, I remember, I mean, I grew up like hearing those like success stories of like young actors and stuff. And I just thought that it was so fun. Like I I was like, that'd be like my dream, you know, like just being a young actor and, and having fun and then growing up in the spotlight and all of that. And I remember for a few years being really, really bummed out about it because I was like, if I'm not going to be a young actor, I don't know what I want to do with my life kind of thing. So I started having existential crises really young <laughs> just because <laughs> I would not be a Disney Channel star, which is so fucking cringe now because I, I I, I, have no words to explain how grateful I feel about going through my cringe, through my weird era's by myself, just surrounded by my close friends of the time. And that's it. I, I I just, I have no words. And I feel so bad for the people who, like, honestly, celebrity culture, like, what the fuck? Like, it's people being people, fucking up, making mistakes, growing up in the spotlight, and just being hunted for years for their own mistakes, for their own you know it's just so so fucking crazy so i'm so grateful that i didn't go through that and i'm actually now that i'm a little bit more mature in some areas of my life i'm i mean just a few of the many but you know at least um i don't find myself cringing the fuck out whenever i hear something listen something back <laughs> listening back to stuff, and I'm like, okay, I kind of sound a little bit like the way that I sound in my head, which is usually coherent. Anyways, this voice that I have at the moment kind of reminds me of that era of mine when I was kind of sugarcoating everything I would say and high-pitched a little bit. So, uh, yeah, enjoy, I guess. I don't know. I'm not enjoying. Um, yeah, um, hello. (laughs) Um, I... Well, I was going to say, talk about my snacks of the day, but I have not really been snacking a lot. Right now I'm snacking on a coconut milk chocolate um, with some crispy like oats as topping. It's very, very delicious. And I've been obsessed with eating, I guess that we would say. I would say snacking because I kind of take it as a snack. But now that it's starting to get really cold in the southern hemisphere, it's Fall time. Winter's around the corner. It's getting really, really fucking cold. So I've been addicted to making miso soups. Miso soups are... At first, I just didn't really get the hype. I didn't get the point. I just really didn't understand them. But now I fully appreciate them. And I actually have integrated them as a crucial part of my day. I need... Miso soups as much as I need my coffee and my tea. So I fucking love them. I've been eating so much miso soup and I actually feel quite healthy. My skin's really good. And I feel that right now my skin is because it usually kind of gets dry and there's seasons where it's not as, I don't know, it's not as good as other times of the year. And usually during transitions of season to season, I get like a weird skin energy but at the moment it's pretty good because I've been drinking so much liquid like so much liquid so what I put on my miso soup is miso paste um a little bit of tofu just um I chop some tofu squares cubes (laughs) squares some tofu cubes and a little bit of seaweed and it's fucking delicious like I can't recommend enough for those of you who are Um, dealing with COVID, dealing with heartbreak, or our cold in general, or the three of them. It's a very, very great snack or meal. Well, That's not really a meal. I would say that it's a snack. But anyways, um, today I had two miso soups, and that was really nice. So just wanted to share my passion for miso soups at the moment. Um, Today we're going to talk about something that I... Um, I have been learning and putting in practice over the past few, intensely over the past few months. Um, and it's been in my mind, like in my intellectual knowledge without being part of my practical life, but it's been in my mind for a few years now. Um, but it's only been recently that I started doing this practically in my life and that I actually started seeing, a change and results and I wanted to share just because I fucking wish I heard about this a little bit earlier and also it's just kind of nice to hear what people how people deal with these weird emotions or experiences in general especially during the internet era where there's kind of like a glorification of like productivity and overdo like over achieving and doing 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 all the fucking time but also there's another trend for like, you know, wanting to sell you products so that you can do some self-care. You know what I mean? There's kind of like two different tonalities in that. So I kind of want to share my insights on this and I still don't really know how to narrow this conversation down to just like a topic. So there's a few ideas that I have in mind and that I'm going to approach today. It's a little bit of a mix um, that I thought made sense together and goes hand in hand. Um, And yeah, it's something that I've been struggling (laughs) struggling with my entire life. I've been pretty aware of that and I've tried many different things, and if this somehow serves you, please go ahead and borrow that, take that, put it in practice, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, also great. There's a ton of other ways of trying things and, you know, kind of seeing what works best for you. Um, So I've been leaving things last minute my entire life. Um... Yeah, that's kind of the first idea. I've been a procrastinator for a while. I have always live lived li- uh, lived um things very last minute and I have a really hard time doing things in real time. Like I get my shit together when I need to, but not necessarily um, I don't know. I don't know. I, at the moment I have, I have a pretty good balance with kind of like not overworking myself, but also not over and not just like sleeping in. Um, but yeah, I think that for a while I would just put my shit together and like be really organized and like check in with everything I had to do either physically or how my, how my emotional body was doing whenever I needed it whenever there was, like, a crisis, whenever something happened that would actually force me to do it, Um, and I think this is a lot of us because either we feel like we have a lot of time, either we have anxiety when it comes to figuring out how we're going to do something or when we're going to do something or how we're going to do something, Um, or I don't know, just, like, life happens and sometimes you can't really do everything you want to do or things don't usually happen, I'm sorry, not usually, don't always happen the way that you want them to. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, I also always struggled a lot identifying what my essentials were. I remember watching this documentary a few years ago about two guys who were minimalists. And they would kind of... I think they kind of introduced the idea of minimalism to pop culture in the West. Um, Because minimalism, it's a practice, like, I don't know, from... More from the East. Um, I remember also reading Mary Kondo and, you know, all those things kind of... That started bringing the idea into the West and everything. So I remember watching the documentary and I was like, holy shit, like, that... Looks really liberating and incredible. I just don't really know if I could ever be a minimalist, because I usually just have. I'm usually like messy, have a lot of things. Like, can't. I'm not really good taking decisions. I can't really decide. I can't really let go of things. Like, that's just not my jam. So I always had a really hard time with that, kind of like with order, and with being aware of what's actually what I need, what I like. I would just kind of in general take something as like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. But recently, maybe a couple of years ago, I came up, well, I didn't come up with it, but like I came, um, um, I kind of discovered the, um, the idea, if I can say that, of essentialism. Um... Which pretty much means focusing on the essential, kind of like gravitating around the basics and the essentials, curating, if you will. Um, this kind of happened at the same time when I had my spiritual awakening. So that's another f- whole conversation. Um... But when I started getting in touch, and this is not about me becoming or unbecoming religious. Well, it kind of actually, it's me unbecoming religious. Well, I've I've left religion since I was like 13. But, um, But yeah, it's not about me becoming religious or anything. It's actually me becoming connected in general. Like more connected, more aware, more in tune kind of in with everything around me that's what I would call as my spiritual awakening so as I was having this experience and as I was kind of like becoming more aware of myself of my body of my of everything around me of even nature my connection with nature with food with kind of all these essential things I came with the yeah I came around the idea of like the essentials the basics what do I need to survive why do I need to live why do I actually need to be happy you know like I grew up like all of us we just grow up with these concepts of like things that you need or like things that you might want like we live in a capitalist society that like it's constantly bombarding us with like all these products that don't just I mean it's like not just selling products or buying products it's like buying feelings buying experiences buying this idea this illusion of grasping of somehow grasping a feeling that we might want to experience, right? So that's why it's that's why it's a cycle, because if we just approach that through acquiring things, we're never actually going to fill the void of that feeling that we're actually after. But anyways, the thing is I came around essentialism and going a little bit like navigating what That means and defining what that means for me, like, fully changed my entire life. And it was so epiphanic that, um, that yeah, I don't know. I just never get tired of talking about it and just like realizing how crucial it is for everybody at some stage in their lives to sit down with themselves and understand their basic needs, understand what is essential to them and what actually we give value to um yeah I feel that if we don't do this consciously we we just pretty much end up doing it unconsciously all the time and we end up worn out burning out um investing ourselves our energy our time our money towards probably not the right people not the right projects not the right opportunities experiences whatever it is so I think the more aware that we become of where our emotional or physical or financial energetic resources are going, the better. So this idea about essentialism, something crucial, something also to keep in mind for this episode. So yeah, essentialism, point number two. And point number three, Um, I started becoming more aware um, through therapy, through years in therapy about um the projections that i would see in the people around me in the people and situations that would either repeat themselves or that would be happening in a specific time and point in my in my life um and i kind of started somehow being Standing responsible in the sense in which, like, instead of seeing myself as a victim of a situation of like, why is this person being such an asshole to me? I'm just like, well, what is this trying to show me or like, what is this person trying to, you know, what is what is that? What is their behavior reflecting about mine or about the way that I treat myself or about the way that I handle things? So, I mean, yeah, during therapy over the past few years, there's been a very intense work of questioning those projections and like or those reflections from the outside and not necessarily seeing myself as a victim who navigates these horrible events but as somebody who might want to understand what they mean so that's another point that um I've been working a lot with and it's really hard but it's something that we're all capable of doing and we're all capable of practicing every single day and there's days when it's harder there's days when it's easier um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really great tool. So those three things j- uh, inspired me for what we're gonna be talking about today, which is leaving things last minute or procrastinating, and the connection that that has to do with not knowing what our basic essential needs are, plus um, the knowledge that those experiences and reflections from the outside world can really tell us about our internal one. Um, I don't aim to answer any really big questions. This is like a really big topic. I mean, there's there, it's three really big points, and I'm just drawing from my learnings from other people my experience um with self-reflection and therapy but it's nothing prescribed it's one of the many ways that we can do things but this is what works for me and what I like literally swore by because it's changed my life so much and I wish I could see more of this out there um yeah, because sure, healing, it's trendy now, but I think it's still pretty subscribed. Sorry, prescri- <laughs> prescribed, and it kind of looks, it It still has, like, a one, like, a single aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like, it still looks a certain way, and I think that if we, like, keep attributing, like, certain specific aesthetics to, like, specific aesthetics and, like, also labeling and boxing things and, like, very, just, you know, like, very limited stereotypical I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know I, I just i i just think that there's many different ways and I advocate for that so um so yeah okay so I think there's not a lot to say about leaving things last minute I have had horrible experiences and lots of issues or learnings if you will that I've that I've had to make from leaving things last minute and that comes from showing love to people um, enjoying experiences uh, making the most out of a specific time and space to big projects job opportunities um, saying yes or saying no at the right time you know like there's been a lot of consequences from this horrible habit of mine that I used to have and not anymore no just I mean it's like a daily struggle but like when now that I'm aware of that like it's been so much better and it's not part of my automatic anymore but it's had so many consequences in my personal and let's say professional life professional and academic and emotional and mental health wise like it just gives me so much stress and anxiety like having this to-do list on the back of my mind but like keep pushing it you know like just like keep having it in there and sometimes there's there's like this thing about kind of similar to, like with social media that it gives us like this illusion that we're grasping something or that we're addressing something by simply seeing it but like There's like, it's, there's an illusion about like, that we have about like thinking of the things that we got to do or talk about them. And we kind of feel like we're doing something, but we're actually not. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that if I like complain about the shit that I got to do, or like, if I just like write it down or something, I'm doing something about it already that I'm addressing the issue. When in reality, like for sure, I'm acknowledging that I have a lot to do, but I still have nothing done. So... This might be your situation, this might not. But I think that leaving things last minute, procrastinating, um, anything around those lines um, could be an issue in the long run. And I'm not saying overwork yourself. I'm not saying overachieve. I'm not saying you're a lazy bitch. I'm not saying any of that at all. I'm just saying that sometimes maybe that reflects a little bit of a lack of order. Sometimes we need order in our lives. I read somewhere that it's like a way of showing love to yourself. And at first I was just like, oh, that's just like one of those like self-help books. Kind of, you know, like I thought it was pretty cheesy, but then I kind of understood. And now I kind of mean it when I say it. So I think the first thing that we might want to do about this is understanding why we're pushing things or why we're leaving things last minute. For example, on a personal level, I used to kind of I used to struggle a lot showing people that I cared for them. And I know this probably has like nothing to do with it <laughs> with what I just mentioned, but it's something it's an experience it's like an epiphany that I had last Year over my birthday. So I was making a list of things that I kind of wanted to achieve or keep in mind consciously this year of my life. And one of the things that I wanted was to actually have order in my life. And having order, I knew that it wouldn't in- enable me to do the things that I wanted to do. There's a lot that I love and that I'm passionate about and that I'm committed to. So order to me in my life, it's crucial. It doesn't come natural though. It doesn't come naturally like maybe to other people. So I actively have to put work on that. So I started realizing after, oh, this is so horrible, but like, I remember also reading this thing that was like, the way that you do one thing reflects how you do everything. Again, first thing I read it, I used to think that it was kind of cheesy or probably just generalized. But then I realized that I would do everything last minute, like literally everything in all areas of my life. Like if I, I, if I knew that I needed to take a bath because my muscles were extremely sore, if I needed to hydrate, if I literally needed to drink water... If I needed to submit a paper or something, if I needed to respond, like literally anything, I would I would push it last minute on my professional, personal, academic life, like on every single aspect of my life. I would do that. That was a habit. I was just like having like having the same pattern over everything that I did. And that also translated to like my emotional connections. I realized that I was probably not really showing love in the way that I enjoy doing it or that I actually feel like I want to do it right now because I guess it changes I don't know but I had this epiphany on my birthday and I and I was like you know what I I want to make an effort to have order in my life and um I (laughs) I bought this really I I um I mean it's a great book I'm not going to lie but it's just something that I, I I have a really hard time reading but it's a book about habits right and the good thing about these books is that they have like really practical exercises and like ideas and everything so I kind of found a way an easy way to approach the things that I needed to do And so something that I absolutely loved from there that I started doing was being very specific. So step number one, I guess, to fight or to have order in your life to fight procrastination or whatever it is, is being extremely specific. And sometimes we don't want to be specific um, just because, like, we might not be realistic with something or we might not really... Um. yeah we might not it's sometimes it's really hard being honest with ourselves or kind of you know it's easier to fantasize of something and you know if you're not clear to yourself about a goal or something that you want to come to terms with it's easier to slip away from it and I think that if you're specific you're somehow committing you're somehow giving it life and you're somehow giving it even like a deadline because if you know If you're clear and specific about, for example, what you need to do, about the things that you usually avoid, about the moments or how you feel when you avoid things, you know, like when you're clear about certain things, that shows awareness and that shows, yeah, that's kind of like the the next step to knowing something and realizing it. So, I think that it's somehow a commitment. So, I wrote down in my journal all the areas in my life and the things that I would be pushing, very specific things and actions. Well, the things. And then I would also write the actions that would alleviate the pressure, that would alleviate the anxiety from my body. Like, what? Like, literally let's say the solution to that thing causing stress. I know that not everything is under our control, but many of the things, yeah, I don't know, with some order, with some awareness, we can actually understand how we use our resources, how we use what we have available to us and how we can help ourselves in the process of getting shit done or navigating stuff in life second thing I noticed um, was actually years ago I was reading one of those like Japanese books like stories for kids Um, my mom used to get me lots of those books and I remember that I was reading them one 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 night I was reading one of the stories and I remember like coming up with this like I can't precisely remember how it happened like how the whole thing was but like the idea was um it was kind of like a metaphor like about how we give flowers to people when they pass away or you know even flowers on people's birthdays or you know kind of like we save stuff or ways of showing love or appreciation or even our words sometimes we save our words to specific to moments in life when we feel like they're appropriate, but we kind of exclude them from any other moment, if that makes any sense. In my birthday last year, when I was reflecting and when I was writing down all these things, I was going through a massive crisis. It was a really hard year for me, and I was doing my best to keep myself... I mean, I was a mess, I was going to say keep myself together. I was not together at all. I wanted to put myself together. So I was trying to understand how I could help myself. Because I was lonely. at the t- Quite lonely at the time. It felt very lonely at the time. I'm pretty sure I was not lonely. But it felt very lonely. So yeah. I was just trying to understand. Anyways the thing is. I remembered this thing in my birthday. I was like how crazy. Like you know. Each birthday, there's friends of mine who text me, just people in general who, I don't know, like slowly as I started putting more of my work out there, I started having random conversations with people that I don't know, but who text me sometimes and ask me if, about my podcast, for example, about the things that I talk about in here. We talk about books, we talk about, we just like random shit that I put out there into the world and then somehow comes back to me in the shape of somebody, um, with similar interests, with similar, you know, so every year I, yeah, I have interesting, um, I don't know, like, I, I remember last year coming up, c- coming across a few people who texted me and they were just like, you know, happy birthday, whatever, and they were kind of using the opportunity of my birthday to like, tell me, you know, how much they, you know, resonated with this and like with that and like how they you know but blah, blah, whatever like you know kind of like giving giving me their flowers giving me very beautiful words and like their thoughts and like you know they were just being yeah just I don't know just like warming up my 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 soul um and same same story with like presents like I don't know in general just like like the idea came to me and I was just like how and like why do we like so much happens in a year right? Like, why do we, why do we save up, not like save up, but like, yeah, why do we save all the words and the affection and like, even the gifts, like all of these things for when it's somebody's birthday or for a very like special occasion? Like I remember last year on my birthday, um, I was thinking of the people that I had been hanging out with Months prior, like who I, I was like, I would swear were like my rider dies and like who were, you know, really special people close to me, close to my heart. And for various events and reasons in life, we were not close anymore or they were not in my life anymore. And I kind of never had the chance to tell them, some of them. For instance, how much they, all, everything they meant to me, or, like, even give them, like, I don't know, like, write them a letter, or, like, give them a little gift, or, like, cook for them, give them, I don't know, whatever the fuck, like, because I would just maybe, you know, like, by the time that we would not be friends anymore, like, I would, that would, (laughs) like, I would not spend their birthdays with them, you know what I mean, if that makes any sense, like, let's say I meet somebody, I'm really close to them, I fucking love them, something happens, um, we distance, and that was in less, than a year from their birth <laughs> ah, this is so confusing but yeah the thing is yeah I kind of realized and I was like whoa like this person kind of like I don't know like they might have said something really lovely in my birthday but since my birthday is today we're not friends anymore I'll probably never know you know what I mean like we use birthdays sometimes personally at least myself As opportunities to like remind people that we love them and that we care for them and show our love, which I think it's beautiful, but I think it's not often enough. And that drives me fucking nuts. That just drives me crazy because saving yourself for to show love, affection, or just remind somebody how much they mean to you or how great they are once a year or twice if you do that in Christmas it's fucking crazy to me. And I was just like, it's really weird that I have all these words and like, I'm a very wordy person. I love words. So to me, I, one of my love languages is like words of affirmations. So, like I have like all these words towards like, you know, like I have like, I have the articulation like I've, I've, I've articulated like these feelings that I have for somebody and I, they just, like, live in my mind. Like, they're just floating in my mind. And I, it's, like, self-knowledge. Like, I know that. But they, they don't. And I'm probably not doing, like, doing anything. Because it's not, it's either not their birthdays yet. Like, I feel like it's probably, like, not the right time to. I don't know. So, it really blew my mind. So, I remember the story of, like, the book that I was reading when I was younger. And that was just, like, kind of using the metaphor of, like, giving your flowers, flowers as like love, affection, gifts, words, whatever it is for you, your love language or the way that you show appreciation or or if, if that's time, if that's you know energy, if that's a conversation, a coffee, whatever it is, right? It's like give your lo- your flowers to people in life, not when they're gone. It's like the metaphor of like, you know when somebody passes away, you bring them flowers in my mind it's like yeah you bring the flowers to their grave or to there's a lot of park benches here i've become i've become more aware of park benches i mean everywhere right i just said it as if it was like a weird thing but like here when i go on my daily walk <laughs> when i go on my daily walk i just see the park benches and like each one of them has like a little um like a little note on them like it's like a like a memoir kind of situation so um, there's a dedication for each one of the benches for somebody who has passed away, and sometimes there's flowers attached to them. Um, there's a couple ones that I've noticed that are consistently full of flowers. And I think to myself, and I'm like, I wonder how many flowers I have kept to myself and have just dried out <laughs> in the back of my mind, um, which would have been lovely, would have been lovely to share with the people that. I cared for at the time Um, because of course feelings change and somebody who's special to you now might not necessarily be special in in x amount of time but I think it's so liberating and so healing to show love and give those flowers um, to those you love in present time in life right now I remember that a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, probably like three years ago when, um, when I was back in my home country in Mexico, I kind of started applying this kind of knowledge from this story and I started buying my grandma flowers for no reason every every weekend sort of thing or every fortnight. Um, and it was quite beautiful because I... I don't know like I I, I love flowers in general and I grew up in a culture where usually flowers would be given from like guys to girls if there was like a romantic context like I remember thinking that flowers were exclusively for guys to buy for girls Um, and I remember when I thought about it I was like i don't know when my friends started giving me flowers my girlfriends would give me flowers when flowers became more of like just like a way of showing love just like a like a casual little gift or little reminder or something i was just like i need to get flowers like literally get flowers i started buying my grandma flowers uh, my two grandmas when my other grandma was still alive um I would buy her, buy her flowers for no reason, and there was actually a reason. It's kind of crazy that we call, that we say that it's no reason when it's actually the fact that they're alive. Like, everybody is alive every single day, and it's enough of a reason to celebrate and honor and remember and, and show love. So, I, now that I'm far away and that I haven't been able to go back, I think back to me bringing flowers over to my grandma and, you know, me showing, giving the, giving those flowers metaphorically and, um, literally fills me and makes me feel so happy. Um, cause I don't have the guilt or I don't know, the, the, the regret of maybe not doing the making the most out of that time, making the most out of that space. So this metaphor of like the flowers is just like changed my whole perspective. I used to be a big fan when I was younger of writing letters to my friends and to my family. Like I remember that um I would I loved baking and I would go to bed like at three in the morning if I I don't know, like, if I tried a new recipe or if I went to, like, a cooking class and I learned something cool, I would just, like, stay late up at night baking and then the next day I would bring cupcakes and shit like that to, like, my friends and my classmates and stuff. And I enjoyed giving. Like, I think, to me, that's my love language. And, like, it's definitely my love language, I think. One of my love languages. Um, And I remember feeling, like, so fulfilled like I think when we kind of put out externalize that drive the love that we have inside of us towards somebody or something I think it's really healthy because otherwise we just keep it inside and it just kind of stays in there but there's you know there's not like a flow of it doesn't flow it just like stays stuck so I remember feeling like so liberated, like it's so light when I was younger. Um, and I I grew up moving a lot like city to city. So many of the friends that I considered close at the time were not close friends anymore. Um, but I remember loving them and showing them love. And that was just really lovely because, I mean, sometimes I I I think of like the letters and like everything that we would like make for each other and stuff and i I don't know it's just like a really cute little thing that i was like why did i stop doing that like it feels really good to show love and give and um i think i stopped doing it when i don't know i think people who were unable to receive that would kind of make me feel like i was too much or that i was overwhelming but in reality sometimes people can't receive and that's totally fine but that doesn't mean that you should not give um, so that's something that I've been uh, coming back to giving my flowers in life and last year in one of my promises to myself I was just like I want to give my flowers a life if that's the shape if that takes the shape of like writing a letter when I feel like writing a letter to somebody cooking for someone making a cupcake or whatever <laughs> whatever I feel like at the moment or having a coffee, spending quality time, you know, I don't know, it's, I think it's, has a lot to do with the way that you, um, value and appreciate time, things, and people, so, it's, have fun figuring out, if you don't know it yet, it's, it's quite fun once you figure it out, because you can keep nurturing that, and coming, you know, kind of coming back to that, and it's just really nice, um, I think it's a great way of understanding yourself and others, your love languages. I'm, I'm like fascinated by that because um, they're so different and they really impact on the way that you interact with yourself, with others, how you understand and love other people. It's it's fascinating. Today, as I was writing down what I wanted to talk about today, at my favorite cafe, um, I found this little card in my journal that um that i wrote a few months ago in a workshop and the letter said ways oh no what did i say <laughs> how does support look like for me and there's a like a bunch of like words floating around on the page and it's quite specific stuff um And that has a lot to do with the way that I love spending time with people, time with myself, um, how love looks like and feels like for me. I'm looking for it right now just because I want to share some examples. But it's super interesting because there's like like, a big relationship, again, in how we show that and how we show up for, how we show love to others, to ourselves. And once again, I think this cheesy quote <laughs> where do i get these things from i'm pretty sure it's Tumblr or something but the thing it's like the, the thing of like how you do one thing it's how you do everything i think that's so interesting because i think that also applies to the love languages and to the actions you take to nurture yourself nurture your nurture your relationships your space um and it's no default to for some people, it might be more natural, but it's no default also. We can start with something, and if we like it or if we want to actually incorporate it into our lives, we can. There's something backed up by science. My argument is actually backed up by, by science, by neuroplasticity. I, some of you who have listen, been listening to this for a while, know that I'm a slut for reading brain books. Books that talk about the brain and neuroplasticity, pretty much neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity sustains the fact that um, that our brain is in constant construction, and it's kind of like um, habits or things that we want to incorporate to incorporate or heal or change or you know whatever can actually take place. Because there's a part in our brains that is constantly changing and it's like dough. You know, it's like you can shape it. You can reinforce that and, you know, slowly becomes more natural or slowly becomes part of your belief system of your, of, of your overall, um, automatic mind or general system and yeah it's it's super interesting neuroplasticity sustains that so you know it's something that might feel more natural to you or might not if that's something that you have never been in contact with but you might be interested in trying so um fun stuff and now on the more practical note find cultivating intentional time so so fulfilling and um so great for understanding what you can do and how you can support yourself having a meeting with yourself having a um a general meeting with yourself and seeing how you know how you can redesign your ways how you can what you want to add up to the list what you might want to get rid of like You know, it literally starts off with wanting to do it. Like, I remember writing in my notebook um, when I started having these really intense, emotional... um, I don't want to say, like, crises, but, you know, just, like, moments. um, I would fantasize of the things that I would write. And I would say, for example, I want less, you know... um, indifference in my life there was a time when I would be surrounded by m- a lot of indifferent people indifference to me it just fucking I, I, I hate indifference um I think it's because I'm a very expressive expressive person and like something somebody who's very indifferent to like their feelings or like they're not as responsive to for example my feelings or a situation in particular like that drives me nuts and not judging just acknowledging that and I don't know like my therapist would be telling me like what do you think this you know this indifference is saying about you and I'm like bro I don't know I I swear I'm not indifferent but then I realized that I was actually quite indifferent with myself you know like I was like so responsive to people in real life but like to myself I would like leave myself last minute I would be indifferent towards my basic needs. So coming back to the basic needs, first thing is, I think writing is really important or talking it through with somebody who might be open to listen (laughs) or talk about this. But I think asking yourself, what are my basic emotional and physical needs? What's like those needs that once are covered you can properly function. Starting up from there, that's where you start. And from there, you can keep escalating to the emotional side, to the creative side, to different areas. But you start up with the basics. I remember there was this one time when I was traveling and I was super depressed. I was having the summer of my life from the outside, but I was feeling miserable. And that was because I... I was yet not connected to those essential things therefore I was not fulfilling them and I felt very empty and the moment that I was like realizing this and I was writing down I was just like okay these are my basics I need this what does it look like for me well for me personally it's like I need to move my body otherwise I feel stuck I need to stretch otherwise I feel like I'm gonna be cracking every three seconds and it's uncomfortable I need food that nurtures me. Otherwise, I feel a little bit yucky and just weak in general. I have a very special connection to food. Just things like that, you know, like solitude and, you know, like time with myself. Like that's when I started literally getting to know what my body and my system needed to be fully functioning and to be like to actually start enjoying things. So something as simple as asking yourself what your physical Basic needs are, and from there, you go to your emotional needs. What does it look like? What's your love language? How do you like people showing love to you? How does love look like to you? You know, just like more deeper aspects like those. But cultivating time to check in, redesign your patterns, and think how you can elevate this experience for yourself is crucial and very important. I love doing this Sundays. I really like Sundays. as like the day when I go on my walk. I don't work. I don't do anything except just kind of resting and preparing for the week and blah, 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 all these things. So Sundays for me are kind of my set day for that. Um, You can find space even if it's not a full day, even if it's a few minutes. A morning, an evening, whatever works best for you. That's about your time and your schedule. But um, I think we can... Um, if we make some intentional time, whatever amount of time we have, we can use it well for what we want to cultivate. Um, oh, then I have um, on my third practical point. Make a list of your flowers. Understand how you show and give love... Plus, how you can foster it, how it can flow easier and does not get stuck. So, once again, back to the love languages. How does it look like for you? What, um, how do you like showing, yeah, love to the people around you? How often do you like doing it? Um, also, I think it's important to consider how others, if others are receptive to that, because sometimes people are due to trauma or different attachment styles or love I don't know whatever it is but like sometimes people are not so receptive and that's totally okay as long as they're fine with it and as long as you know they can take it I would say um you're good to go to understand that but definitely make sure understand your flowers how do they look like how often are you currently giving your flowers in life you know? Um, yeah. Fourth step. <laughs> that was my headphones telling me that I have low battery. Fourth point I have is prioritize, write down, find ways to get clear with yourself. Okay, so I think it's really important with the essentialism stuff to have your boundaries. Um, I used to give myself permission to do whatever I felt like doing in the moment and that's awesome it feels like self-care sometimes but sometimes it could be a fucking mess so my boundaries for example something that I absolutely stopped doing and to me now it's like non-negotiable non-negotiable it's canceling plans last minute I would do it all the time and even though that was a habit of mine I would do it No, sorry. I would get so fucking pissed when people would do it to me and I would like almost unfriend people if they ever did it. But at the same time, I was doing it. That was one of those like big incoherences in my life that were just like constantly repeating it, repeating themselves. Like I was like I was um, around very flaky people, very non-reliable friends, non-consistent relationships, Because I was doing that with people in my life professionally and personally all the time. So one day I was just like, you know what, Barbara, we're not doing this. This is not negotiable unless, you know, it's like, I don't know, like I have COVID or something. I don't know, something big. I'm not canceling plans last minute. So keeping your word and like keeping those boundaries and respecting them reinforces reinforces the the trust that you have in yourself. And, like, that's feeling of, um, of respect, I think. And, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely getting to know those boundaries that you might want to set. And the non-negotiables. Non-negotiables for me, once again, <laughs> I don't know. Like, sometimes when you break up with somebody and you fucking stalk them and you just feel worse. Well, I had to at the time when it was giving me the worst anxiety in the world I had to be like you know what we're not doing this and we're not doing this and I was forcing myself to not do that and that was my boundary with myself I was like after 9 p.m when you get sad and lonely you're not using your phone and you're turning your phone off and it's gonna leave live outside the room for the night and we're not doing this so setting your own boundaries like a child (laughs) momming yourself it's so important it's so so important if you don't do it already I would suggest you to try it like that's takes patience takes time but it's so worth it and that's how you also build better habits but in my case that's helped me so much emotionally And to alleviate my anxiety and just like keep my shit together more consistently. And then last but not least, of course, be kind to yourself. Um, Yeah, be aware that um, every single thing that we want to change that we might want to heal or acknowledge. Or acknowledge takes time and effort and um has its h- its highs and lows and that's absolutely fine. Doing something is better than nothing and it does get easier and it does get better. So be kind and remember that everything is a process. Keep yourself accountable. That's kind of the um the previous idea, I found the words that I was looking for. Keep yourself accountable, respect and honor your promises. Um, yeah, know the actions that you know, your habits, your let's say, let's label them as bad habits. Those things that do not serve you, do not elevate either your purpose, your actions, your projects, do not work for you. Know them and know the actions or the habits that would or will alleviate that counterpart, that darker side, let's say. So yeah, cultivate, my seventh point <laughs> and last one, says cultivate, 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 like it's a garden. Um, Yeah, again, neuroplasticity, do some research that actually is science and not hippy dippy shit that I usually reference as well so super interesting and fascinating and yeah that's the conversation for today on nurture healing and giving your flowers in life give your flowers in life um give your flowers in life to your loved ones but also to yourself how does it look like for you how does it feel Does not necessarily have to gravitate around things that you acquire with money. Should not be a privilege. Still remains somehow. Not everybody's got the time or the resources to do so. But there's many different ways. Um, And I really hope that you find yours. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed and that there's something that resonated with you and that um might serve you. And yeah, um I hope you have a gorgeous start of the month. It's no coincidence this topic came up uh, at the beginning of May just cuz I usually get a lot of satisfaction kind of writing down every first days of the month kind of what I want to. You know, just kind of it's like the um yeah, a really well-timed check in meeting with myself anyways um we're having a journal a journaling session soon which is so exciting so definitely keep an eye out for that and otherwise just um text me on instagram at amora podcast um yeah i'm so so happy whenever i see somebody sharing and yeah it's great thank you so much for listening thank you so much for coming all this way with me and sticking around i hope you have a great and beautiful month and i will see you on the next episode peace and love